0: In this episode of Gareth Jones on Speed, I've got warm weather, clothes, big boots, a backpack, and I've even got a bobble hat, because I'm going to Wales Rally GB. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth and as so many times before on this programme, I have to start with, I'm driving to Wales, because I am. I go there for lots of reasons, but this time I'm going for the British Round of the World Rally Championship, which is really exciting for me because I think the last time I went to a rally was probably something like 1970, I don't know, six, maybe when I was 15. Roger Clark, RS2000. It was called the Lombard RAC Rally. Then it was a different age, and it came to North Wales. Then I remember going to see stages in the Gwydir Forest, I think, and also in Deeside curiously as well in Harden on a disused part of an airfield where I saw the cars come through it's all really quite foggy now it was a long time ago and there's no excuse whatsoever for me not having gone to a rally since then so that's what I'm doing and I thought I'd get proper FIA accreditation so I can record audio there and maybe catch a driver, if we're lucky, or someone who would be nice to talk to. I don't know, but we'll see, because I am a rally virgin, really. I've never gone to a rally on my own, and I don't really know how the whole thing plays out. I've done a little homework, glean what I can from the WRC website and the Dane Wales Rally GB, as it's called in English. What do we call it in Welsh? Rally Cymru Pradain, perhaps? That's the direct translation, I suppose. So, we'll see. I've got to go to D-side, first of all. Now, this is where the rally is headquarters, where they have their sort of paddock, I suppose. There's a better word for it in rallying. Forgive me for not knowing the correct rallying terms and using circuit terms but this is where the cars are worked on and prepared and fans are given access to come and see them all parked up in one place now whether the cars will be there by the time i get there i don't know because i know there's a stage in a place called tier prince prince's land which is near rill a bit further west So, I do have to check in with the accreditation people, uh, take a view what's going on there, and then I'll try and make the Tier Prince stage, if I can. If I can't, don't worry, there'll be lots of stuff I will be doing. I definitely want to be in a forest. And I'm going to try and seek out something called Elvin's Corner. I nearly said Gwyndav's Corner there. Gwyndav is Elvin's dad, of course, Elvin Ap Gwyndav Evans, I suppose he should be if you're a Welsh purist, or just Elvin Ap Gwyndav, but Elvin Evans is the name that he uses using the uh, contemporary non-Welsh, non-patronymic format, is that what they call it? Forgive me, I don't know, so yeah, lots of support for Elvin a North Walian driver driving in a World Rally Championship round in North Wales he'll know his way around and he'll be good I met his father once, spoke to him in Welsh uh, to motorsport at the NEC when was that? 1990 perhaps 92, I don't know but yeah, I'll be shouting for him and of course shouting for Toyota who've returned to the World Rally Championship and are also the official car suppliers I believe for Wales Rally GB so there are lots of cars being driven around supporting the event many of them don't know if all of them many of them will have engines built in the Toyota D engine plant which is the HQ of Wales Rally GB so it all makes perfect sense and it's the reason I'm driving this particular car up to Wales Rally GB and that particular car is a Toyota C HR. I have to concentrate to remember the name of the car. I struggle with HRV, CRV, CRX, None of those are even Toyota. So, C H R. What well, What's the etymology of that nomenclature? If I can use two very old-fashioned English terms, the etymology of that nomenclature is coupe dash high rider, or coupe high riser, or coupe hybrid recovery. Something. You can mean whatever you want, but. One of the interpretations is coupe high rider, because the CHR, I don't know if you've seen it, this sort of middle-sized crossover that Toyota are making now, is really, really eye-catching. I love the way this car looks, and it appears I'm not alone. Because yesterday, I published a picture on Twitter of the keyring for this car which has a little key fob on it, a key ring that is pretty much the insignia of the USS Enterprise from the original series, Star Trek that sort of shield with a scallop cut out at the bottom, asymmetrically beautiful, I thought oh, I like that, so I just posted a picture of that didn't post a picture of the car but the responses I got, unanimously all asked the same thing I love the way that car looks, Gareth. Oh, please tell us all about it. I hope it's as good as it looks. Well, it looks fantastic. I really, really think so. It hides its bulk well because I imagined it as a much smaller car than it actually is. I thought it was a rival for the Nissan Duke. That's smaller, almost Fiestery class. Mini you might say. But no, it's more cash guy size. And it hides its bulk well by having a low roof, high doors, low roof, to give it a coupé stance and a sort of sloping hatchy rear. And the clever thing is that they hide the fact that it's a four-door, which really makes it look more like a coupé. They hide the rear doors by disguising the rear door handles in a little white panel right at the top of the car not on the door so you can't see that there handles there and it hides that makes it look more of a coupe and it is a coupe the first thing I noticed when I got in you do sit with your feet sort of straightforward, a bit like the Italian driving position that I'm very fond of and they say it's a low roof but it depends what your interpretation of low is because for many years now we've been driving taller cars, thank you, Giro. And so the standard saloon height, slightly larger, you might say, than a coupe, is still considered low these days, whereas MPVs and 4x4s have much higher headroom. And I could sit in this car, and I've got the seat set up high, I like to sit fairly high to be able to see all the corners of the car. And there's actually enough room for me to have the gas top air of 1986 in here without touching the ceiling there is so it's not as low as it appears I think they've done some clever tall side bodywork and medium-sized glass to disguise it and it is a really good-looking detailed car really purposeful and of course if it looks good it'll sell well and this car is selling well I believe there's a a waiting list for it don't quote me on how long that is or how verifiable that is but it has been suggested to me that if you want one you've got to wait a couple of months at least maybe three now this car the CHR Chris let's call it Chris Although Tweak might be a better name. I'll explain why. Tweak is a character in South Park who's really nervous. (laughs) Drinks a lot of coffee. He's really concerned about everything. Um, My first impression of this car was it was a little hypersensitive. It's got all sorts of proximity alerts which beep all the time. It's quiet at the moment on the motorway. I'm doing 62 miles per hour in the slow lane. We're all doing about the same speed. Not much is going on. Chris has stopped beeping, but in London it beeped as every lane that had been rewritten with bitumen. It didn't like that, it was concerned by islands in the middle of the road, whether there was a car two lanes to your left. It was a bit oversensitive, however, it's recovered. But it's an interesting car because, like I say, the engine for this car, quite possibly, I haven't confirmed this yet quite possibly was built in Toyota's D-side factory. This car is built in a number of places. Turkey is one of them. Thailand is another. I would imagine for the European market we get the Turkish built cars and they get engines shipped out from the UK. The engines that they make in D-side go to Burniston largely in Derbyshire where they build the oris and the oris hybrid oh i'm passing i'm passing an ff i'm overtaking a ferrari ff with no registration Or well, can't see the registration it's been carried on the back of a low loader uncovered beautiful it's red oh how i love that car right back to the car i'm in <laughs> Which isn't as glamorous, but it does have a bit of sort of FF purposefulness about it. It's a crossover, you know, so it's a bit like a coupe with big boots on, which I think it does very successfully. Some cars don't. The BMW X6, for instance, that's almost hateful, that car, isn't it? There's something very wasteful about it. I cannot stomach. Perhaps the only car worse than the X5 makes the x5 a reasonable but this thing chris the chr or tweak because he's a bit oversensitive it's cool i honestly you guys all talked about it on twitter neighbors wanted to ask me about it and they see lots of cars they were really taken by its presence and it's white so you know white's not always the most flattering color for a car it's like a car in white is almost like seeing it naked and it looks lovely, looks great. How it is to drive, I will tell you. I've only done 70 odd miles in it so far. Most of that through London, leaving North London to get on the motorway and on the motorway on a Thursday, which is horrible, I'm afraid. But luckily this car has driver assistance of course it has cruise control you can set the distance so it will maintain a position i was using it earlier on it worked very well and uh, yeah does that thing when it slows down unnecessarily occasionally but better that than the other way it doesn't have any lane holding ability i can't take my hands off the wheel it doesn't have level 2 autonomy it has driver assistance which is funny because it wasn't that long ago the ability just to do the basics of driver assistance was astonishing and now we ask for an awful lot more ok, uh, I'm going to find out what this car is like to drive around North Wales and uh, you'll discover it too on this episode of guarantee Jones on Speed as we go rallying lovely great. it's all happening in the rally village it's a bit like uh, Le Mans, there's a, a a ferris wheel going round there's lots of uh, manufacturers with their um, trackside hospitality units and marketing units and uh, long walks, it's as if an entire paddock has been parachuted in. It is quite a big operation. I haven't got long here to uh, tell you about it. I'm just passing the Citroen Abu Dhabi Racing hospitality, big enough to rival anything in uh, international circuit sport. Very impressive, shouldn't they? Got an, a, a temporary building up. They're really going for it. They're not messing about. Um, yeah, I've got to get a hoof on because I've just crossed the border from England into Wales, the D-side on the banks of the River Dee where I grew up. I'm from Hollywell, as you know, just a few miles away from here. And I've got to drive from here, west, along the coast, to Rill and then just on the other side of Rill, which is where Tyr Prince is. Tyr Prince is, as I understand it, a... Horse racing facility. They do uh, what do they call them? Traps there, you know, those little lightweight buggies, two-wheel things. Probably see it on S. if you ever bump into S4C, S Pedwarec, that's how it's pronounced, the Welsh Channel 4. You might see a bit on there. It's a sport that happens in North Wales. Yep. Yeah, we have uh, we have a bit of motorsport and we have a bit of horse racing and we have a bit of rugby. Right, actually lost my car. (laughs) It's going well. I wasn't paying attention when I arrived. Oh, no. I haven't lost the car. Yeah. I had a very long journey from London. It was six hours, which is longer than it normally is to this part from my part. And I was concerned that I wasn't going to get to the media centre before it was too late. But luckily the very Helpful professional young woman working there. Literally about to seal up a box and go, and she saw me. Oh, no! I can help sort you out. So she did. Right, so I'm at the car now. In the car, let's go see some rallying. Gareth, don't me! Rally update. I've made it. Tiered Prince, but it's pretty chaotic here. Tiered Prince is west of Rill and it's a holiday village. There's caravans and caravans and caravans and caravans bigger than Le Mans, and this is where the good people of England, Ireland, Scotland, and the rest of Wales come on holiday. So it's pretty busy here because it's half term. There's a semi permanent fairground to my right. There's Lots of searchlights pointing up in the sky and I couldn't get into the media car park. Despite having a media car pass, when I arrived I was told sorry mate it's full, you have to find somewhere to park. So I did. And uh, with a thousand other cars all we'll parked on double yellow line so I'm hoping that come with Borough Council they're going to be lenient in their Parking application of rules this evening? I do Are they going to make a huge amount of money from fines? We'll find out. Let's hope that the, uh, the former is the better option. Oh, well, it's good business. Let them park. As long as people park sensibly. Right. I can hear cars. And so can you. I was concerned. With the added extra time, that I might miss all the action. I've a feeling I'm going to miss the big guns, the top cars, but I will see some action here. I sincerely hope. It does remind me of Le Mans, the scale of it. You know, 40-minute drive from B side to here. Long walk through. Oh, hang on. There's Thank you. Through security. Here we go. Right, what have we got here? Well, hard standing, you know. I'm not standing in gravel or mud, not just yet. We're on concrete. Lots of, what do they call these, semi-permanent trailers, don't they? Semi-permanent homes uh, around and burgers and... A quiet, expectant crowd who are lined up against the barriers, watching a lit arena. A bit of uh, pyrotechnic action there. There are three. One of the Hyundai's just went past spectacularly motor racing as its most visceral at night and it was wet along the A55 here it was absolutely uh, there's a Welsh Springer Spaniel spring. <laughs> slightly shorter leg than the English Springer Spaniel spring. um, it was horrible weather so there's been uh, a spray of moisture put down and the area that the cars are running on which is uh, a trotting track or a horse racing track uh, is wet there are screens It's all rather exciting. I can't see very much. I can see what's going on the screens and you get a moment as the car goes past because there are no tribunes for us to stand on and we're all at the same height. Now, I did pack a chair with me, a camping chair, but that's no good for this part of the event. What can I see? So we are good to go. we will be next. It is Mikkel uh, Atala sitting alongside him. 17 career wins for a very likable, very popular man, but no title. No title. So it's Yarimati Latala. Here he comes in his little Toyota. Good timing. Over a yump right in front of me. Oh man, that's why everybody's here. That makes sense. Perfect four-wheel drift. I mean, he's, such a nice chap. he's been around now for 15 years. You can see the cars on the far side of the loop. It's just the big oval, basically. It's like IndyCar car racing. It turns off the oval at the end and through a very slow. Section, not that slow, <laughs> a bit quicker than I take that corner. It's sort of an infield, that's an outfield, and I'm guessing he'll rejoin this section in a moment. Full sort of circular donut thing going on. Here he comes. by Yari in the uh, I suppose what you could call the local team unless you count afford of course One of the Fiestas, and a rather nice thing just happened. A chap came over to me. I'm just standing watching, and said, "Keep up the good work with the podcast. We love Gareth Jones on speed and sniff Petrol." A chap called Tom and Lisa with him, uh, who have travelled over from Leeds, the other side of the Pennines, and uh, they got up. At, uh, four this morning i think he said and he's going to be at meherrin tomorrow from about seven o'clock or six o'clock i think he said in the morning uh, to see the action there and that i think is where elvin's corner is interesting i've now found a rudimentary Tribute. Yeah, yeah, grandstand, a little sports grandstand with cover, with lots of people on. A little higher up. You want to be on the back row, really, but the back row looks pretty full, so I don't know if I can do that. Let's see if I can find a position where I'm a couple of inches higher than I am now, and I can see what's going on. There we go, that's a bit more like it. It's a... Uh, no, not exclusively male event this. There are lots of families around, lots of young kids wearing coats and kazoo racing flags as cakes. lots of little ones in headphones, older people, younger people, all ages really. It's good, it's a family event. Here we go, the flames go and the car appears. They've added showbiz to rallying, of course, since I watched cars going round. And that's no bad thing. As long as they stop before they start adding that overdramatic introduction that they used at the American Grand Prix the other week man that was embarrassing but a bit of showbiz in motorsport is fair enough I think the French do it very well I think the build up to Le Mans is essentially pomp, circumstance and showbiz and that's amazing it's emotional and powerful and it adds to the passion because all these people who turned up here care about this sport because you don't go out on a wet Thursday in North Wales unless you really want to see something exciting and you love cars I think I may have come to the right place. The cars continue to go round, but I'm going to call it a day because this has been a great introduction to rallying. It's nice to be able to just drive somewhere fairly close and watch a world championship event taking place, you know, minutes away from where I was born. Makes you very proud. But this, of course, is a homogenized version of rallying, which is, you know, in a very closed, small environment. And we're not really seeing the cars at their best, even though they are yumping a little bit. And to really see the Wales Rally GB, you've got to go into the forests. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm walking from Tier Prince now back towards my car. And I think this is probably a smart strategic move because the traffic chaos as everybody tries to leave here at the same time at 930 it means I probably won't even get to bed before a thousand o'clock. I want to get up at half o'clock tomorrow so I can uh, get some action out in the wilds of wild Welsh Wales. So I shall sign off for now and leave the happy sounds of the fairground and the odd highly tuned rally car in the distance. nice German-registered Hyundai World Rally car just rolls past me. Good morning. I'm back at D-side. I worked out that, with it being Friday, I wouldn't be able to get from my brother's house down to Meherin, which is way sort of Welshpool, Aberystwyth way, and back in time for a thing I've got to do this evening so no rally action today but I thought I'd come and do a bit of homework come back to the World Rally Centre oh my god that was Tommy Mackinnon. <laughs> just drove past in a Vauxhall a Vectra Estate Yeah, or Insignia, what's it called? Yeah, so I've come back to the uh, Rally Village. I know there's not going to be very much going on here right at the moment because all the cars are out rallying in deepest, darkest powys. So I thought we will come here and get the flavour of the Rally Village because it was fairly closed up yesterday when I arrived. And as I arrived, there were cars being ferried on the back of low loaders, an RS-1600 and an RS-2000 in red, appropriately enough, like Roger Clark, if I remember. Right, and then that lovely Hyundai. And as I was walking in, I was thinking, I wonder if there's going to be anyone here to talk to, you know, anyone at all. And I walked past Dave Richards. You <laughs> start. Of course, Dave Richards going to be here. You know, uh, he is uh, probably North Wales' greatest motor export, uh, with the possible exception of Elvin Evans, of course. But more than that, later perhaps. So here we are at the village. I was comparing it to being at the village at Le Mans when I arrived. It really is quite a grand scale. Hyundai have got a temporary building that is bigger than your street. Yeah, I'd say this is one, two, three, four, five, six houses worth. So garage where they prepare and repair the cars. Quite an impressive setup. Two, possibly three floors. Three floors at the highest bit. With lots of stands as well. Citroen, all the competitors. Hyundai. Lots of school kids here. The eSports WRC game is on display. You can come and play that. Bit of integrated rallying. I bet most most young people's experience of rallying probably comes from the virtual environment. That's their way in. In my day, you had to put on a bubble hat and go and stand in the middle of a forest in the middle of the night. But good, so people can do it virtually. They probably become very expert at it in every level except the real world level. It's just a matter of transitioning there. Toyota's setup here is. Not quite as impressive as Hyundai's, but immaculate to, to kazoo racing. They've got a more open-plan temporary building, only one floor. Uh, but it's long, it's very long, very, very smart. You know, they always say that rallying is visceral and lots of the motorsport is a bit anodyne. And yet there's a level of professionality to the crew setups here, which you see in international motorsports in any category you know serious stuff of course, budget affects motorsport and uh, it appears to me that uh, M-Sport don't quite have the money that Hyundai and Toyota do. Not surprisingly, they're a manufacturer supportive but they're not a manufacturer team, are they? They've got one, two, three, four, five, six large substantial gazebos. Very substantial, with, you know, a bit of plastic underfoot, and it's less anodyne than the uh, manufacturers. Store. You can see that. Lots of crew standing around waiting for a car to come back needing service and repair and all the supporting companies are here as well it's great to see elvin evans for the way i should say in the DMAC part of the n facility um, big welsh flag on elvin's pit box which is good news like i might even take a picture of that i'm, right I'm such a fanboy. There's a rather nice rally-prepared van, uh, Ford Transit, MSRT, Road Technology. I don't think it's the people who were doing uh, van sports before. MSRT R-Spec, I do like the look of that. That's a very good contender for a Le Mans support vehicle for us, that is. I'm enjoying the quiet of the rally village almost like having a private show. It's kind of nice. You don't have to stand in front of people and fight your way through. Actually, to be fair to M-Sport, they have a huge footprint here. Horizontal, not vertical. I just found another three tents of theirs so and their hospitality unit. Yeah, they're Britain's leading rally company. They're going to have a presence, aren't they? I put my uh, big boots on because I was expecting it to be a bit crinkly crunkly underfoot. It's not too bad actually, not too bad. It's hard standing, it's not paved uh, where we are in the rally village, but it's gravel, which is appropriate of course for what is essentially a gravel rally. sound of excited young people as we will Rally Championship, Wales Rally GB, to with its entire and full title, uh, does a bit of outreach. There is a pavilion here at the Rally Village called The Big Bang, which gets my attention, of course, because I used to present a programme called The Big Bang. But also, I've hosted events for this organisation the Big Bang which promotes science and engineering STEM subjects for young people and I've said it for years that there's plenty of that in motorsport in fact it's the reason I am interested in motorsport because as you know I love science, engineering and technology lots of interactive opportunities for young people here Techniquest which is the local Glyndor University science outreach sort of play centre you might say are here here Bria college, Airbus are represented here because of course they manufacture just a quarter of a mile away from where I'm standing right now but I just had a lovely chat with a chef called Ian Davis who works for Toyota he's worked for Toyota for 25 years since they started manufacturing engines here in North Wales and he confirmed for me that the engine in my CHR was indeed built where we are so I have brought Coles back to Newcastle you might say or uh, Welsh steel back to Wales although is it Welsh steel almost certainly not who knows Come outside because my eye has been drawn to a Toyota GT86 that's parked outside the Big Bang Pavilion. I do like the GT86 as you know. I've driven it twice: once in the mall and once on a test in Spain on a circuit, and I know what it's capable of. And this one I'm particularly drawn to as it's in the colours of the Welsh flag. They had a competition to have someone in Wales design a Wales Rally GB colour scheme for the Toyota GT86 and a 12-year-old boy from Asgolgevin, Llangevny, which is on Anglesey, and this morn, called Reynacht Jones. No relation. And he designed a livery with a red dragon painted with the white and green down the side of a gt86 and they've wrapped it on a car here and it looks absolutely fantastic i've seen lots of cars in welsh dragon paint schemes but this one is fantastic because it looks like a kid drew it and it's cool just cool and having the world rally championship here in wales is very cool Wales Rally GB is in fact uh, three events, I suppose, apart from the or five, I suppose, (laughs) the uh, various levels of the World Rally Championship, including the Junior Championship, there's also the National Rally, uh, the Wales National Rally, which goes on here, so I'm walking around the paddock looking at some of the national cars and some of the historic cars as well. I have to say, historic cars have got me all of a quiver. There's an RS1600 in a sort of a Ford blue with a Welsh driver or co-driver called P. Wakely on the side. Welsh flag. P. Thomas is the co-driver for another darker blue RS1600. Man, they look incredible. And then you stumble across a bunch of Subarus. All with Scottish drivers or Scottish co-drivers, of course. You can see why, can't you? And you know, then you, you look left, and oh, there's an Evolution Nine. You know, <laughs> every car has a story to tell, and these are, you know, ten-year-old, twenty-year-old, thirty-year-old, forty-year-old cars in some cases, and still rallying. That's ah, great, isn't it? That's hardcore. That's like jogging when you're seventy. Mind you. You're Probably had your hips replaced three times. Gareth Jones speed. Hello, it's Saturday and uh, I'm driving through Dolwith, L.A. ...which is on the A470 in Snowdonia... ...heading down towards Gartheniog... ...where hopefully I can catch some serious forest rally action... ...and it's particularly exciting because the last time I checked... ...after the first day's running... ...Elvin Evans, the local boy, was leading the rally... ...the first Brit in a Brit-built car to lead the rally in I don't know how many years, which is uh, extremely exciting. And yesterday when I was at Deeside Rally Village, it was glorious and sunshiny. And of course, today as I go down into Snowdonia, it's damp. 100% grey cloud cover. Moisture on the surface of the road. Yes, this is definitely Rally GB, almost dare I say it, Lombard RAC rally weather, and that's good, that's good. Now I've got to actually find Garthiniog. It's about 70 miles from where I was staying last night in Conway, and so it's a bit of a schlep down there. And I've got a bit of a problem. I've got the geo coordinates. Oh, I'm just passing down with Alain Castle. Totally Game of Thrones, yes. And, uh, uh, sorry, I've got the geo-coordinates for the stage that I'm looking for today. And I've tried entering them into the sat-nav on this car. And it allows me to put in the northern coordinate, 53, and all that, yes... But when I select the western element of the coordinates and try to input that, it starts with a 3. And there is no option to start with a 3. The uh, setnav doesn't recognise it. It thinks it all starts with 1. Is there something I'm misunderstanding about coordinates here? I wish Zog were here. He would know. I'm no geocacher, baby. So I'm afraid I'm slightly befuddled. Now, luckily, my telephone... Does recognize those coordinates. So, what I'm going to do is when I get close, I'll pull over and um, input them into my phone and use that for the final section. I know I'm going to get to Machantleth and reevaluate there, see what I can do. So, hopefully, I can actually find what I'm going for today. So the car I'm in, the CHR, slightly let me down or perhaps it's just a user thing. I'm sure it is. There's something about geo coordinates I don't understand. I tried 03, it doesn't recognize 03 either, believe me I've tried it all. Or maybe it needs another disc putting in the car. Who knows? I don't know. Disc. Do they still program satnavs with CDs? I don't think they do. This car doesn't appear to have a CD on the sound system by the way. It's pretty good. It's not fantastic, it's pretty good. Also, I'm driving it in sport mode now. While oh, I am on the a four seventeen in Snowdonia. It would be rude not to. And it's actually not bad. If you drive around in normal mode in this car, yeah, it's a bit of an eco car. It wants to run around in the highest gear possible and be economical. But if you select sport mode, then the electric motor does more in terms of helping you accelerate than simply recover energy and offer efficiency so uh, I found when there's charging the battery that the electric motor is very good at getting the car rolling from low speed to to 0-40 in this is good handling, it keeps roll very nicely under control keeps pitch under control it's a bit inert the steering, it's a bit lifeless is too strong a word but it's not as communicative as you might hope Overall, it's not quite Golf GTI standards, no. But it's sort of Peugeot GT standards. It will turn in. It's got a good front end. Very good front end. I like that. Back end, is okay. Front end, tucks in nicely. Very good. So, yeah. Learning a lot about this car. One, the sat has baffled me with geo-coordinates. Two not a bad car to drive through snow down yet you know it's not a porsche boxer and if you interpret the throttle as an instruction for how quick you'd like to be going soon as opposed to make my engine go faster then it makes it easier to drive because it's a cvt a lot of people when they drive these cars have a real issue with a disconnection between the throttle and the engine noise screams and then eventually finds the right ratio on its twin cones and only then starts to gain momentum so you know stop thinking it as a lever to open a carburetor that stopped happening a long time ago and just work with the car but if you're in sport mode pressing the throttle tells the electric motor to help the internal combustion motor and the cvt transmission so yeah just think of it as an instruction set right come down into Blaine for Stignog now and I'm actually driving behind another Toyota which I've picked up on the journey which is a Toyota RAV4 not a car that you'd expect to be driven with gusto But it has been driven with some gusto. I'm wondering if this is someone connected to Toyota in some way, or the rallying, and is very keen to get to uh, stage today. But having said that, the stage is still 40 miles away from where I am in Blind in fact, more than this. So this could just be someone who lives in Wales and enjoys an open road. And who doesn't enjoy an open road? And who doesn't enjoy a rally stage? So let's hope I can get to a and that we can have some rally action. My plans have been slightly thwarted. I arrived at Garfeniog only to be told that the car park was full. I pointed out that I've got a media car park passed and he said, no, it's closed now, I'm afraid. Can't access to it the stages, you know, closer to starting. And so I was advised to turn around and head up to the next stage, Dovenant, which is what I'm doing now in a convoy of cars being driven rather quickly. To make sure that we don't miss the action altogether. I've got a feeling that with Elvin leading them, there's even more interesting than we was 24 hours ago, 48 hours ago. And it's oversubscribed now because there were cars parked all the way down the road to the official car park all down either side of what was marked by the police as a clear way and a police motorbike had just pulled over and was about to give tickets to dozens of cars so I do hope North Wales Police aren't seeing this as a revenue opportunity and it's tricky because most people won't know what to do because there was no one around to say no you can't park there although to be fair it was signed clearway, so you'd think as the police had put an extra sign there they were trying to tell you something but those poor people i hope they don't come back to tickets that would be very disappointing and i hope i managed to get to the dovenant stay so i don't see any action that'll be very disappointing The Gareth Jones on Speed coverage of Wales Rally GB continues in the next episode of Gareth Jones on Speed featuring the wonderful tones of some glorious cars in the forest. Join me for that. That programme will be published 48 hours after this one. See you there. To send us an email